Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. Back again after being postponed by the pandemic, all across North America, Handel's Messiah is being enjoyed by hundreds of thousands of people once again as live symphonies, orchestras, and church choirs produce this famous oratorio. Written by George Friedrich Handel in 1741, it is still enjoyed around the world every December. Why does this powerful composition have such a lasting legacy? I think it's the unique blend of mighty music accompanied by God's Word. Handel's friend, a believer, Charles Jennings, assembled the words straight out of the Bible that proclaimed the coming, the arrival, and even the future return of Jesus the Messiah. It's classical music, even if you don't like classical music. It proclaims Christ every year. May we be as bold as Handel this Christmas in declaring the good news of great joy. For unto us a Savior is born, and he will save his people from their sins. And all I can say to that is hallelujah. I'm Charles Morris, and on this Thursday, right in the middle of a busy Christmas season, we're in a series called The First Christmas Songs. The Bible says that the prophets and angels longed to see how God would redeem mankind. So when the time came to reveal His Son as the Messiah, people rejoiced. All week long, we're sharing the joy of those who saw salvation dawn, and then responded in the best way possible. They sang. They wrote a new song of praise to the Lord because they finally saw the coming Savior. We looked at the songs of Mary, Zechariah, the angels, and today we'll be looking at the song of Simeon as we continue in this series, The First Songs of Christmas. Simeon was an old man. He had been promised by God that he would not die until the Savior had come. So stay with me. Be blessed when you hear the song he sang the day he met Jesus. And before we talk about that song, I want to share with you an album full of music and carols by Fernando Ortega. The album is called Christmas Songs. Joy to the A montage of Fernando Ortega's Christmas Songs album that'll fill your home and your heart with the true meaning of Christmas. My wife Janet and I have enjoyed this special CD in our home, and I know it'll help lead you to true worship of Christ the King, who was born 2,000 years ago. And just before we hear our first Christmas song together, I know many of you are looking for just the right Christmas present to give to the children in your life that will point them to Jesus. So let me suggest that you give them the boxed set of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey with both parts one and two for your minimum gift to the ministry. And by the way, as a bonus, we are including a code for a free audio download of these two books, telling the story of John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress and his sequel in a way that kids, but also adults, can better understand. The books are hardbacked, cloth-covered, filled with illustrations, a perfect Christmas gift that'll point people to Jesus of all ages. Ask about it when you call or go online to learn more about it. And let me remind you that today is the last day we can send this by regular mail in hopes that it'll get to you by Christmas. 
So call us right away after the program. Call 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Make your gift for the Christmas song CD or a minimum gift for the box set of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. You can also go online and hear samples that we have from the CD and samples we've put up from the books. Haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Now let's open the program with Mercy Me. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world and sin and never just tuned in during that Christmas carol, This is Haven Today. 
And that was Mercy Me and their rendition of O Holy Night. Can you feel it? Christmas is almost here. I'm Charles Morris, and thank you for joining me here on a program called The First Christmas Songs. Let me ask you a question. What do you do when you've been waiting for something a very long time and it finally happens? It comes true. When you're finally seeing the thing that you have longed for, what do you do? I can remember just a few years back when I finally saw my newest grandson. His name's Charlie, Charlie Morris. Yes, he was named after me. He was three months old. And up until then, all I'd seen were the pictures. I wanted to hold him. And when it finally happened, I couldn't help but find tears coming into my eyes. That sweet moment with little Charlie gave me just a taste of what Simeon experienced when he held Jesus in his arms. Babies, aren't they precious? Especially grandchildren. But this baby, this Jesus, was the answer to all the eons of longing of the entire world. Simeon wasn't just holding his grandson. He was holding God's salvation for the world. He had seen pictures, because all through the Old Testament, God gave us pictures of the coming Messiah. But now, Simeon was actually holding the Messiah, in his arms. And he didn't just tear up. He might have done that. In fact, I can imagine tears rolling down his wrinkled, aged face. But he did something more. He sang. He raised his eyes to heaven. And he sang a song of praise to God. Listen to Luke two twenty-five. just before the song is shared. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, It's another term for Messiah. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. You know what he said or sang? Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Simeon had been longing for this child for a very long time. Israel had been longing for this for centuries and centuries, and there's pain in that longing. There's even grief. You know what I mean? When you're longing to see a loved one who's gone to be with the Lord, or to see a son or daughter who's been away for a long time, we long for our loneliness to end, for our pain to be over. We long for the world to be changed, for God's kingdom to come. There's grief in the longing, but if you're a believer then you have the promises of God, so there's also great hope. And that's what Simeon had, a great sorrowful longing, but also a great hope, because he knew the promises of God, promises that go all the way back to the beginning of time, promises that seem to have petered out when the prophets stopped speaking 400 years before Jesus was born. But Simeon believed the promises, and as he grieved, he hoped Luke says he was looking for the consolation of Israel. 
He was looking for it. He expected it. He believed God was going to console Israel, that he was going to wipe away her tears and satisfy her deepest longings. I'm sure Simeon had filled himself with hope from the book of Isaiah in particular, because Isaiah was a prophet of comfort. He foretold that Israel would be taken into exile, but it was also through him that God made great promises to his exiled people, promises that went far beyond their return to the land, promises of great comfort that had not yet been fulfilled in Simeon's day. Isaiah 51, 3, The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Isaiah 35.10, the ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Isaiah 51, 12 and 13, I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you fear mortal men, the sons of men who are but grass? See, I have taken out of your hand the cup that made you stagger. From that cup, the goblet of my wrath, you will never drink again. And then, comfort, oh, comfort my people, says your God. Isaiah 41, speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed. Isaiah 66, 13, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. Simeon's soul was full of grieving, but it was also full of promises of comfort and consolation. He grieved, and he watched, and he grew to be an old man, but he knew he would not die until he saw this with his own eyes. Simeon had a very personal promise from God. We're told in Scripture it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. He knew that in his lifetime, before his eyes closed in death, he would see all the promises of God fulfilled, and he knew they would be fulfilled in a person, the Lord's Messiah. Now, if you just joined us, you're listening to Haven Today. We're looking at Simeon's song. I'm sure the day that the Holy Spirit moved Simeon to go to the temple felt like a normal day to him. Little did he know that that was the same day Mary and Joseph would be bringing their newborn to be presented to the Lord. Eight days after a son was born, he was circumcised and named. And then for 40 days, the mother would go through a purification rite. That's why they traveled from Bethlehem and why they were in the temple that day for Mary's purification. They made the offering the law allows for the poor, a pair of turtle doves, but they also were there to present the baby to the Lord. The law of Moses said that every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. That's what Mary and Joseph were doing that day, purifying Mary, presenting Jesus. It was probably crowded with lots of people coming and going. The temple area typically was. I was just on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem a few weeks ago, and I saw how vast it is. Herod leveled a huge area to construct the temple, but out of all those people, Simeon knew God's Messiah when he saw him. He took the baby Jesus out of Mary's arms, and he held him, probably tight, and then he lifted up his voice to heaven, and then out came this song, praising God. Sovereign Lord, as you've promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people, Israel. 
Simeon's watching was over. The promise had come to pass. And as he said, now, Lord, you can take me home in peace. As I read Simeon's song, there are three words that deeply touch my heart this Christmas. You want to know those words? Well, the first word is salvation. And the second word is light. And the third word is glory. Simeon looked at Jesus and saw salvation. He didn't say, I've seen the one who will bring salvation, or I've seen the one who will accomplish salvation. No, he says, I have seen salvation. That's because salvation is a person. Salvation is Jesus. We can break down the word salvation into a million different components. They've done that a lot at seminaries. Salvation from sin and guilt and death. Salvation from sorrow and separation and loss. Maybe salvation from loneliness and homelessness and hopelessness. I could go on and on, but what Simeon's song tells me is that I can simply look at Jesus and know that I'm looking at my salvation. Can you believe that? We can look at Jesus, just like Simeon. Lord, you are my salvation. I am deeply comforted and completely satisfied because I have you, Jesus. Well, second, I mentioned Simeon looks at Jesus and he sees light. A good friend of mine just showed me an article about the discovery of a mummy in Argentina, a seven-year-old Incan boy who lived 500 years ago, and that little boy had been offered as a sacrifice. People live in darkness. They do dark deeds because they don't know the Lord. But Simeon looks at Jesus. He sees the light of the world. He doesn't just see the one who's going to bring light. He sees the light. He knows the glory of God is going to shine forth to all the nations of the world. He knows that light is this little baby Jesus. Well, as believers, you and I can look at Jesus even today and say, Lord, you are my light. You are God's revelation to me. And because I have you, I no longer walk in darkness. But there's also a third word. Simeon looked at Jesus and he saw glory. All through the Bible, God tells Israel that he is their glory, their greatness. But in Simeon's day, the glory seemed to have departed For 400 years, there had been no prophet, no word from God, but Simeon looks at this baby that day on the Temple Mount and knew everything had changed. Israel's glory had been born. This baby is God incarnate. And you know, as believers, you and I can say the very same thing that Simeon sang that day. Not Jesus has given me glory, but Jesus, you are my glory. I have been lifted up in you. You have shared your greatness with me because you have shared yourself with me. This Christmas, I'm praying that we will all look to Jesus and be comforted and that we will sing his praises just like Simeon. My eyes have seen you, Lord. You are everything I ever longed for, everything I ever needed, everything I ever dreamed. You are my salvation. I am deeply comforted and completely satisfied by you. You are my light. You are God's revelation to me. I no longer walk in darkness. Jesus, you are my glory. I've been lifted up in you. You've shared your greatness with me because you have shared yourself with me. Think about that this Christmas. Can you say that like Simeon? You can if you're a believer. My eyes have seen you, Lord. You are my salvation. 
You are my light. You are my glory. Let all mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly Blessing in his hand, Christ our God to earth descendeth, our full homage to Christmas carol, but still a song filled with the majesty of Christ's incarnation. Arranged and sung by Fernando Ortega, but the lyrics are ancient. Some believe Jesus' brother James wrote those words many, many years ago. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. The program is called The First Christmas Songs. Malls and shopping centers around you are packed Shelves are filled with all sorts of merchandise. Toys, too, that will be given as gifts come December 25th. But sadly, hundreds of millions of dollars will be spent on things that will soon be broken or forgotten. So let me suggest that you give something that will be a real blessing for you or someone you love that will point them to Christ Jesus. We've been offering it all month. It's a lovely Christ-centered gift called Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, coming in a boxed set, included inside the cloth-covered slipcase with gold foil lettering are both parts one and two of John Bunyan's epic stories. John and Carol in Washington set a set to loved ones with a note that it was from Grandma and Grandpa. Guess who's getting that? 
and they'll get the free shipping that we're offering right now as well, along with the code for a free audio version of both books. That's something extra we're able to offer as well. And today is the final day that you can take advantage of free regular mail shipping. And we can send it directly to a loved one with a little note from you, just like John and Carol did. These books are stories that the young ones in your life will keep coming back to, even far after Christmas, and the stories will lead them to the gospel. And we also have that other Christmas present idea for loved ones as well as for yourself. You heard music from it earlier in the program. Fernando Ortega's Christmas Songs album. Carols that'll lead you to worship Christ. Get a copy for yourself. One to send to somebody you want to share Jesus with this year. Why don't you call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online. Listen to some of the samples we have there on the CD. Take a look at the samples from Little Pilgrims. And you can make your gift at haventoday.org haventoday.org on this final day for regular mail shipping. And it's free if you call us right now. And just as we have to go, if you have an IRA or a donor-advised fund, would you pray about making a significant gift to help us make our year-end goal? Feel free to contact us to learn more. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? And again, we'll be sharing together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Heaven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. There is a tendency, I think, at least among those of us here in the West, to theorize a little too much. The birth of Christ becomes an idea. A good idea, a powerful idea, but an idea. We forget or choose to ignore the real historical fact behind this idea. Luke chapter 1 and 2 will not let us forget. It tells us exactly where it happened in the days of Herod, Caesar Augustus, when Quirinius was governor of Syria. The bottom line, it happened at a specific time, in a specific place. The Savior of the world is not just an idea. Christ Jesus really came, and that means he really suffered and really died. But we are really saved. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.